0: Okay. All right, Michelle, How we have a special guest today, one of my oldest friends. We I've known Don for 19 years now. You just call him old. Well, no, I didn't. I not. am old. Well, he, Don,
1: you know. We all are. i lucky
0: to be old. Don is a native Los Angelino. Really? One of the rare yes. Los Angelinos. What neighborhood did you grow up in? Echo Park. Echo Park, right uh-huh. downtown.
2: Yeah, was right, that near, was that
0: the black neighborhood no it was not the black
2: neighborhood was over on Central Avenue that's what's called the east side that's where the black people lived on the east side where is that in relation to downtown Central avenue uh let's see it would be east of no south from downtown mm-hmm. and you go off of what oh, like, we call it south Central. No, South no. Central came up <laughs> later uh-huh. and later. It was called the East Side. Yeah. And if you were black and you had uh, some money and you made a little money, then you got to move to the West Side. Mm. And the West Side was considered really, you know, upscale. Is that yeah. Lemert Park? Lamert Park, Exposition Park, you know, over yeah. there. All of that Lamert, But the really ritzy part was up in the hills and no black Baldwin people. Baldwin Hills? Mm-hmm. No yeah. black people live there. Wait a minute, up in the Baldwin Hills? In the Baldwin Hills. So
0: when did black people come to Baldwin Hills? Uh,
2: well, they had a flood, a big flood. The dam broke over there and flooded the neighborhood. And that was when black people were trying to move you know, out of, shall we say the east side, mm-hmm. and move into better neighborhoods. They were making more money. And so they started buying homes over there. And that was during the time we called it white flight. Mm-hmm. And uh, white people moved out of Inglewood. They mm-hmm. moved all, Inglewood was all white yeah. at one time. Mm. And everybody moved out of Inglewood, all the white people, and they moved out, say, to the Valley mm-hmm. and to Orange County and everything Well, black people were able to buy those homes uh, and move in that neighborhood. What so they year were, did the white flight, start happening. Let's see.
0: 50s, 60s, 50s. 70, 50 late 50s I should say. Now, for everybody out there, what year were you born in? 1935. 1935. I can't do math, but I think that's It was the depression. That mm-hmm. was during the depression and you're born here in Los Angeles. Yes, my mother and father too. Your f- mother and father were b- mm. How black people how Okay. Wait a minute now. Hold okay. up. <laughs> okay. If you're born 1932, your parents 35. had to have don't, been... Don't
1: make them older. Okay.
0: 35. You had to have been born around 1900, your 1911, mother?
2: 1911. My mother's. daddy was 1911. My mother was 1915.
0: Okay. Now, how did black folks wind up oh. in Los Angeles, California, um, born being born in 1911 and 1915?
2: Okay. Uh, my great-grandfather... His name was S.G. Norman, was a slave. Mm-hmm. And when the slaves were freed, actually, he wrote, they wrote an autobiography on my great-grandfather, my uncle Tommy did. And they wrote this down, and he gave them the information that on June the 19th. Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. They were they came and told the slaves that they were free. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they call it Juneteenth mm-hmm. in Texas. Mm-hmm. They were thrown out. With nothing but the clothes on his back. In He's Texas? In Texas. Mm-hmm. And he came, uh, he fooled around down there in Texas, became a, a preacher and what have you, and raised children, had children. Well, he decided that he was going to bring his children to Los Angeles, and he did. I mm-hmm. believe his wife died, Ann, they mm-hmm. sold, and They sold me, Her name was Ann. She died, and he brought his kids to L.A., and he built Houses for each one of them. He built a home for Uncle Tommy in Boyle Heights. Mm -hmm. He built uh, two on Glassell Street and one on Council Street. Mm -hmm. And uh, so all the kids moved. Were born there. the The ones that weren't born in Texas were born in L.A. All my aunts and uncles were born in L.A. on Glassell Street. And And your uh, mother or your father? My now my mother's father was uh, in Alabama. Uh, Anniston, Alabama. And he was uh, white and he was uh, married. My mother's mother who had this long black hair and her name was Elizabeth. And they got the money somehow or another. She owned property down Mm -hmm. there and they sold the property. He told her, sell it, but don't tell the white people that we're buying it because they had to get out of there. Right. Because they wanted to have their kids. And the kids were coming out different colors. So right. uh they came out on a train. It was a special from the South to California. Five dollars. It was a special. Wait a minute.
0: You can get from Alabama to Just California Calibra for five, $5. The yeah, oh dollars on the special. Yeah,
2: on the special. Yeah. Did they have
0: seats on this train?
2: <laughs> yeah, they had seats and everything. You such <laughs> as they were, you know. Yeah. He comes out here, and he was a construction guy. Yeah. And so, uh, he built homes. I he see. built homes in. Temple Street, which is Echo Park Silver Lake. Right. And uh he and had, that was your mother's father. My mother's and father and
0: your father's father was also a builder. Build yeah, homes. Yeah, yeah,
2: my great grandfather. Yeah. He so all of these people had this property on this side of town. Now on this side of town was different from Central Avenue. Mm-hmm. A lot of Black people lived in my neighborhood, but there were, you know, Mexicans, white people, Jews. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. So we grew up mixed without any idea yeah. that there was...
0: Problems, And you know? we're talking about Echo Park here. Echo Park, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which, by the way, is on a resurgence right now. Well, yeah. listen,
0: he, he mentioned uh, Inglewood. Inglewood is now the big hot property now. Yeah. Yeah. Inglewood, and, mm-hmm. for, and Echo Park. For, for yeah. people who don't know Los Angeles very well, Echo Park is really right downtown. It's it's mm. uh, There's a lake there. Uh, you may have seen pictures of people rowing around the lake there. Yes. And then uh, for people who don't know L.A., Inglewood is right where the airport is. Mm-hmm. It's right there at mm-hmm. LAX. Isn't that where, like,
1: the Staples Centers, well, no, the, Forum? Uh, for, yes. the Felt, Felt Forum. Forum. Yeah. Right. The, 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 I, I still call no, it the C. Felt center's Forum. Are yeah, the forums out there? Yeah.
0: But they, it wasn't if it for,
1: hasn't been the Felt Forum for years for
0: about 300 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but wasn't, it, wasn't it the Great Western Forum at one point? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Now, I've invited Don here because Don really knows LA and I, I, I'm fascinated by Los Angeles. It's a fascinating place. Yeah. You know, um, when you look at it, you don't know. You know, you can't tell the rich history because it's a place that's very transient. You know, a yes. lot of people come in and come out, because like New York it's, City. Well, like but New, New York, York City, City,
1: almost has more native New Yorkers than you it, find it in really Los does. Angeles.
0: It really which does, which is crazy. But Los Angeles, I think, because of the film industry, it's a company town. People move, move uh-huh. in and out, and uh-huh. they come and go. So a lot of the history gets lost. So I'm always interested in your story, and, and coming from Los, I'm from San Diego. My parents, yeah. actually, I always talk about this book called the. I, I told you about it called The Warmth of, of Other, other sons. sons. Yes,
2: I've read it.
0: Yes, and it really chronicles the black plight from mm-hmm. uh, sh- from slavery and mm-hmm. sharecroppers, uh, share, you know, who, who moved north and moved south, to, to uh, yeah. the west. Mm-hmm. But um, you're fascinating because you, uh, your family, is born here in <sighs> Los Angeles, which is an odd place, especially not being in the entertainment industry. Well,
2: mentioning entertainment industry... When they needed Black people to appear in films, they came to our neighborhood. And that's where they would do it. My mother and all of them were like extras, and Darby Jones did the mummy. You know that man, Dooley Wilson, that plays, yes, uh-huh. that, well, he lived across the street. Really? Mr. Wilson, Dooley yeah. Wilson, he played that song in Casablanca. Uh-huh. And so whenever they needed black people, they would come to the neighborhood and pick them up, take them out, put Negro number two makeup on Ooh, them and it. throw water oh, on their hair uh-huh. and then have them run through the jungles, which <laughs> were oh my and, God. And, and that's what... <laughs> this they, is the sad truth. Yeah, well, yes, you know, that's yeah. what they did. It's and so a-
0: it was funny because we said,
1: oh, there goes so-and-so in uh- the movie, uh-huh. Laugh, you know,
2: and everything. Yeah. So
0: now, what high school did you go to? Belmont High School. Is that still there? They're still there, yeah. Belmont. And the kids that you went to high school with, do you still know any of them?
2: Yes. You do?
0: Yes. Like uh, like uh who? Bobby Schumann.
2: Uh, you know, Bobby. Yaiko. Yeah, Bobby Schumann. Yeah. yeah, Yaiko yeah. Matsushima. Yeah. You know, all the kids I went to school with. I re- we have reunions. The only thing about it, the last one we decided was the it. Was it.
0: Uh, yeah. Why?
2: But think- we're, old. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> we're old. Yeah. You can see people scuffling up there this and that and and maxine berry died she was we, i called her alice because she mm-hmm. wandered around like she was in wonderland and so <laughs> uh you know so we knew each other we still kind of stay in touch with yeah. each other yeah
0: now now um we, we um what is that when he needs to go closer to the mic but he's I tried got to the, push he's it got a very booming voice alex he does i, I i'm sure you can hear him very well um, audience at home, raise your hand if you can hear Don Norman very well. I hear Don. Yeah, they can hear. Child, they can hear him very well. He's got a theater voice. Uh, now Don, I want to. We're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna go to break here, but before we go to break, I'm let you think about this. I want to know about the gay experience in Los Angeles. How old were you when you realized you were gay? I,
2: you know, I didn't even know there was like a word for me. You know, I didn't realize there was a word for me. I knew that I was something, but, uh, you know, it wasn't like, you know, a word that was. And so we heard about gay. I remember me and Ronnie We and Warren. We went to school together. Warren? Warren Young uh-huh, uh-huh. and Ronnie Battlemente, And we were gay. Yeah. And so as soon what as... What year are we talking? 50s? Uh, late 50s okay we graduated 1955 56 yeah uh we hit the gay bars wait we they were gay they bars were... yes okay so were they
1: like underground and nobody knew they were gay no, bars no they were they...
2: right on the street you were could they? see them
0: and everything they weren't underground so wait a minute you graduated high school in 56 54 in 54 mm-hmm. and you headed straight to the gay bars yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> how, did you how did you find, find out, out about, about
0: them?
2: the gay bars well Okay. <laughs> long ago, long ago at the beach, Santa Monica Beach, there was this place called the Inkwell. That I've was heard of that, the yeah. The black people went to the Inkwell. Yeah. It was a grassy area. There's a movie area. made about it called what the Inkwell. What is it?
1: But what? What was it a section of the a beach? A section of the beach okay.
2: that was grassy, and all the black people were there. That's and where I'd be hanging out, just yeah. FYI. Yeah. <laughs> so, next to this Inkwell okay. was this gay section called crystal beach and all the gay kids paraded and everything and i could see them parading in the 50s go back farther than that in the 40s i saw them there so i knew they existed plus my mother and father had a few gay friends so i knew this was there so as soon as we got big enough Warren. Had a car, Ronnie and me didn't, mm-hmm. and we headed for Hollywood mm-hmm. and went to the bars the House of Vibe, Oh, let what? me see, the Red Raven. Ooh, oh, the Red Raven. Oh, oh yeah. it was it. It oh, was the yes, bar. Honey. I mean, all the good looking people in LA were at this bar, and we called it the Statue Bar. Because everyone stood around like a statue. Like oh. Yeah. Okay. It was Where much. was
0: the Red Raven? Do you know? On Melrose. Melrose. Near La Brea. Right? Melrose near All, La Brea. Uh, so, and then where was the other one you,
2: you mentioned? Uh, you said- House of Ivy was on, I want to say Las Palmas between the Boulevard, Hollywood Boulevard, and Selma. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know where that I
1: is. I know where
0: that is. Exactly. I wonder
1: if one of, of our Wonders. buildings yeah. used to be the house of. And so,
0: was it illegal? Were people being arrested for that?
1: Like the issues they had at Stonewall, did they exist at, at the? It was
0: the same type of thing. The
2: police would come in, and you could hear it. You know, the five square, five square, five (laughs) square. And so it would pass through the bar quickly and we'd all be cool, Mm -hmm. you know, straighten up. Yeah, yeah. no no flamboyant behavior, act just there. Yeah. And they could do whatever they wanted to do. They could grab anybody and just decide to take them out for lewd conduct, they Mm -hmm. called it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we stood there until they left and then they would leave. But they would arrest us. We had a fabulous bar. In Venice, called the Carousel, and Mm. they would come in and close the lights and pull off the electricity and 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 have a Black Mariah out in front to get us. But we're not stupid; we're not going to get in that car, so we wouldn't. And (laughs) then, as soon as they left, we'd hook that thing back up and (laughs) and keep on dancing. Uh, What's a Black Mariah? It's a
1: um. She has a show (laughs) in Las Vegas. (laughs)
0: No, no, no. What is
1: it? it a Black is it, Mariah? Is a that a Dodge?
0: Wagon. Like a
1: paddy wagon? wagon.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. And so now I'm, we're going to go to break in just a minute here. But um, uh, we've got Don Norman. You, you're hot. Is that what you're saying? Well Oh, we got to get some water. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We'll get Don some water. We'll be right back after this. You know, Michelle, you know who introduced me face Facetune was your friend. Which Leah, one, Leah. Oh, Leah. We were taking pictures. We were doing some television match show. Match game. And she said, Oh no, hun, uh, trust me, you gotta get this face tuned. I've been addicted ever since.
1: I told you about that before, Leah. I don't know why it didn't
0: sink in. I, You know, you know what it was? Because I got to see it working. it. you told me about it. Yeah. But it didn't sink in until I actually got to see it at work. Uh-huh. It makes you look so good. And it doesn't look like obvious retouching.
1: Well, it can if you want it to. If you want it to. But Leah facetuned your hands. Yes. I mean, she's ridiculous. But guess what? Facetune two is out now. What? Now, this is one that can make you look- The sequel? Yes, bitch. It can make you full-on look like a Monet painting.
0: Oh, I kind of dig that.
1: Okay, and it's free to download. It's way better than the original Facetune. You're talking Monet Exchange, right? Well, that too, Uh but I was talking about the actual artist. Well, Monet Exchange is an artist as well, but artiste. Facetune 2 is out now. It's free to download. Way better than the original Facetune. It has a lot more tools, and all the tools are more advanced. You can get much more realistic-looking results really easily. Though, subscribing- And becoming a VIP is actually worth it. That's what I did. You get a ton more tools that make it worthwhile. Your face, your eyes, you get heal, you get auto, backdrop, relight, glitter, touch-up. Oh, my goodness. Those are just to name a few. Facetune helps you look like a star. We already know you guys are a star, but really makes you look like a star. And we'll take your Instagram and social media to the next level. Right now, What's the Tea listeners can go to facetuneapp.com slash rue on their iPhones to get Facetune 2 VIP for free. For a month. Now, if you guys do it for free for a month, you're going to know why you're going to want to buy it. It's a limited time offer only for our listeners. That's FacetuneApp.com slash RU for a free month. This will change your life.
0: Michelle, I was just traveling. I went... <laughs>
1: I was in san francisco and i actually
0: whatever city i'm in I, I go and see what's playing just whether i go to the theater or not
1: oh checking the today checking ticks. the today yeah. ticks out
0: yeah. well we were in san francisco and i saw down in redwood city they were playing uh saturday night fever the musical
1: uh, i didn't even know that was a thing yeah yeah i missed it on broadway yeah,
0: it was on broadway uh went down there had a great time could not have been easier getting those today ticks it is a miracle, especially for people like us who love shows, who travel, yep. who want to see a show, wants to see what's going on in, the, in a town. I love that app so much.
1: Oh, me too. It changed my life. Yeah. I just used it in London. We went to go see, again, everybody's talking about Jamie, uh-huh. and we used it for that. You can discover over 80 musicals, comedies, dramas. That's just in New York alone. It's available, like I said, in London, Rue said San Francisco, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Seattle, Philly, more cities coming soon, so stay tuned. They pioneered the Mobile lotteries and mobile rush technology. All you do is you download todaytix.tix.com. Mm-hmm. You go in, you look in your city, you change it, you know, the location at the top, and you see what's playing. So todaytix would like to offer you fifteen dollars off your first purchase with the code RU. So download the todaytix app for free on iOS and Android. That's todaytix or visit todaytix.com to see what's playing this week and treat yourself to a show. And for our DC listeners, check out Theater Week now through October seventh. Get fifteen dollars 30 $35 tickets to more than 21 productions at theaters including the Signature Theater, Studio Theater, Arena Stage, Shakespeare Theater Company, Folger Theater, Woolly Mammoth, and more. This year's titles include South Pacific, Sweeney Todd, The Comedy of Errors, Passion. I love Passion. DC premieres of Heisenberg and If I Forget. That's all going on right now on Today Tix. We are
0: back with my friend Don Norman, who I've known for almost 20 years. Don is a native Angelino. Knows all the stories and uh, (laughs) knows where all the bodies are buried. Now, we're talking about the gay scene in Los Angeles in the 50s. Now, it's Uh, amazing to me. It
1: is. It's remarkable. And what what I was saying to Don was I, as a New Yorker, as a New Jersey girl, I know about the stories and the plights and the things that happened in the Stonewall Mm -hmm. uprising and everything Mm -hmm. there. And Don was saying, oh, honey, we've been in business. We were in business long before that. Mm -hmm. Because I imagine that. They were the same but different, the Mm -hmm. issues. And so you were saying.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, When, you know, we knew they had bars back east. We hadn't been to them, but we knew they had them. We knew they were struggling the same way because the police were, I say, like Nazis. They were really like Nazis Mm. back in those days. In fact, that's what we called them a lot of times. Mm. So we had to bear with them raiding us and all that stuff, and we'd fight back. In fact, there's a... uh, Documentary called On These Shoulders We Stand. Mm-hmm. And uh, this woman made a, a documentary of all of us that were older because she wanted the history of what was happening. And this is what we were able to tell her about how that happened out here. We were fighting too. Yeah. And so when we, when the when the girls back east got loose and and broke into the thing and the fire happened, we were all yeah yeah because we had been doing this thing. You talking about Stonewall? Stonewall, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were all happy about it. In fact, we instituted a a parade and everything out here. Our, the first parade, gay parade, was here in L.A. down the boulevard. Yeah, and it was a big scene to try and have that, but we had it, and th- we had our first. Um, what do you call that festival a yeah. festival and it was right on the corner of Cherokee and Sunset that was where we had a festival they had the rides and everything and gypsies telling fortunes and and that was our first gay and lesbian festival in Los Angeles wow. that was, in the, when 70s. was that? in the 70s and uh so they were doing stuff back there, and so were we. And we we didn't want to feel excluded. You know, it was almost like, oh, they get all the credit. No, we were battling, and blood was shed out here, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so we want to be, you know, like, okay, we were together in this fight. It wasn't, like, separate. They were doing what they could do, and we were doing what we could do. That's really and it. Yeah. Yeah. And San Francisco was was yes. on it. San sure.
0: Francisco. And So this, this documentary, On These Shoulders We Stand, is it specifically about the Los Angeles experience yes yeah and where um that was that on PBS that that I don't showed? think
2: no it's only been shown privately oh Glenn doesn't Glenn McElhinney did it and uh I don't know where it is but I've asked her could I get a copy but she says no because blah 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 there's some reason yeah but we, it, it's been shown around like if you wanted to see it you get in touch with her and she'll bring it out and show it. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: because I was forgot about the, um, I didn't forget about it, but and it was in San Francisco. I was just checking. The Compton Cafeteria riots. Also, those were in 66. So that was even before Stonewall. Mm-hmm. So that's what you were saying. That, you know, San Francisco, New York, LA, y'all yes. were doing your thing. Yeah. Yes. Just separately. Separately. Yeah. Yeah, so, hard.
0: no, cause so we left off where you, it was 1954. You guys graduated from high school <laughs> yes. and you headed straight to the gay bar the Red Raven, the House of Ivy. There was another, when you mentioned? Oh, there was
2: the house of the Buk-a-ray. There The Vukeray? Was... Yes, the Vukeray. Oh, honey. Buk-a-ray. Very fancy. Yeah, yes. And this is all in Hollywood. This is all in Hollywood. All the gay bars were actually in Hollywood or downtown L.A. Yeah. The ones downtown L.A. were considered well, there was the, what was that one or something like a piano? I can't even think of it. now. The Golden Horseshoe. Hmm. It was something like that. Yeah. But there was the Heralds and The Waldorf Cellar. The Waldorf. Oh, God. That was downtown. Downtown. It was it. Scandalous. Scandalous.
0: Oh, here, come closer to the mic. Now, um, I'm just curious because we all hear the stories of, you know, obviously how bad the the, the authorities would uh, treat people. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm wondering, you know, what about with brown skin? Yeah, right? not just, with, not with just gay. It, what about the um, uh, people of color of racism mm-hmm. or the sort of exclusion of brown skin people into Mm -hmm. The the gay community. was it? Did it exist? Yes. Yeah, definitely.
2: Definitely. Some of the the worst racism is in the gay community. Mm. Some of the worst racism. How do you mean? I have experienced it. I have seen it. I know it exists and they would not let people into certain bars and, uh, I, because I was born in Hollywood area, you know, I could go in. It seemed like I never had problems getting into the bars and things. But there were only two black people that did that, me and this other guy. And and I sh- I don't want to say it, but we were nice looking and well, mm-hmm. you know, dressed and what have you. So they looked at us as, I guess, okay. But there was one up there in the Hollywood Hills and no black people could go in there.
0: Wait a I minute, mean, a club in the Hollywood Hills? Yes. A speakeasy? It.
2: No, it was an actual gay club. They had entertainment, drag queens performed. And Jenny. they didn't
1: let people of color in.
2: No, no. However, all my friends decided that we are going to go there. Mm-hmm. So they come on down. And so we all got there. It was about eight of us. And they put me in the middle and we just rushed in. And sat down, uh-huh, <laughs> and that was it, and then I, I, my friend Kenny was doing a drag show, this other queen did a song, and we sat there and the guy there was, per, was circling around the owner, but he didn't do anything, and we had ourselves a time, yeah, and left and that was the breakthrough for that place you right. know? And it, was, it was very difficult, and even it we you didn't see the communities blending at all back in those days. You didn't yeah. see it. Mexicans were nowhere. Really? Nowhere. Oh no, 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 no. Mexicans were considered like the worst in the gay community. Now you see people say, Oh, I have a Latino lover and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in the day there was none of that. None of that. There were you're and if you were Asian, you could just forget about even walking in. Really? Were mm. there
1: were there a lot of interracial black and white couples? No. No.
0: No, no. Mm-mm. So um, this is now we're talking the mid 50s. Um, now, walk us into the 60s. When did things start to change in L.A.? Well, it sort of set the scene for me. Of what was L.A. like the gay scene in L.A.? We got loaded.
2: Okay.
0: (laughs) We got
2: loaded. It was the 60s, and everything was different. It was, you know, that sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's what it was. And we got loaded. You would see... People, you know, everybody was taking Bennies and, you know, in the gay community, we we're taking Benny's and ben- ben- Benzadrine, which is amphetamine. Okay. And speed, that, upper, and up, yeah, up, speed okay. Upper fast. Yeah, yeah. And we everybody took them. And so that was taking place. And then we were mixing with the straight community a lot. It was like the weed was passed around. And that was like a Thing you know, breaking the barriers. It was
1: like a peace pipe. Yeah, it was like
2: breaking barriers of all types. We just got all got loaded together, and and uh, you know it was fun, and the girls were loose, and everybody was having a good time. That's when things changed in L.A. That's the when the, the integration thing uh, yeah. because
0: uh, because the weed and uh, and the drug scene sort of integrated people. Exactly because they had a common Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so um so you got high. Yes. <laughs> 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 Unabashedly
1: high. There you go. And you
0: and you've lived in Los Angeles the whole time. The whole time. You never yeah. lived anywhere else? No. Did you ever think of moving away? No, no, <laughs> no <laughs> he uh-uh.
2: it. yeah, I you know, I mean if you go in California, like the you start at the Mexican border, you come up. there's just beautiful. see San oh, Diego oh, yes. is gorgeous, yeah. I mean, really gorgeous. you see it, yeah, and going on up is lovely. you know, you go to Monterey, you go on up, sure. then you get to the Bay Area. it's just gorgeous. It so is. you see well, why would you go somewhere else? yeah, you know, yeah. and yeah. That's well, you know, it's interesting you thing. say that
0: because being from San Diego and born and raised, I could not wait to get out of there because I knew that the sort of Andy Warhol club life and the fame, I knew I couldn't just go directly to Hollywood. I had to go by way of but, New York. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to get away because also even growing up here, I knew that San Diego, all of California really, is conservative Republican. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, obviously San in Diego Hollywood, especially, especially. Yeah. Hollywood, West Hollywood is very liberal. San Francisco. Uh, very liberal. But out outside of the city, it's nope. very conservative, you got all, especially
1: where there's lots of money like yes. that. Yes. So I needed to, It's interesting
0: that you you stayed now. Um, you said you uh, had a party uh, in uh, the 60s. Uh, how good did it get? How bad did it get? Well, it was fun. <clears throat> it was fun at first. Yeah.
2: It was a lot of fun. Partying and being out late at night. I What did I you loved do for that. a
0: living? What were you doing for money? I
2: worked. I could get a job. I was very good. I could get a job pretty easily. And, and in those days, you go take a test for the state or the city or something. They'd hire you right away because I'd get a high score. I wasn't stupid, you know. Mm-hmm. So I could present well. However, the money was used to party. Uh-huh. Yeah. and you can't do that long right, you know you right. just can't do it so s- selling a little drugs mm-hmm. you know selling a little drugs was able to keep yourself in a habit and it pills or weed I sold everything <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were the bad yes. girls. We uh-huh. were the ones that sold dope, and uh-huh. and so and then naturally selling it, we got hooked. Sure, I got hooked yeah. on on heroin. You know, they came up with P C P and yeah. D M T and all these things. So and L S D came yeah. along, and that was a mind blower. What were Red Devils? They are downers because uh-huh. they knock you out. they yeah. they they are pills to go to sleep. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And we take a bunch of them. You yeah, we take a bunch.
0: <laughs> so when there was a there was a commercial, a uh, uh, anti drug commercial when I was growing up, they used, and they used to say Benny's, Dexies, uh, d- d- I guess Dexies is Dexedrine. Yeah, yeah,
2: Dexedrine. All the amphetamine sisters were represented. <laughs> all of it. And all of the alls, all true and all Nimbutol. You know, all of those alls were. Yeah. Were downers, and so we had PDRs. We walked around with you know, What are PDRs? Positions desk reference. Oh, okay, all the right. The like the little. Yes, yeah, has every picture of every pill in the in the country, and you could refer to it and know what you were taking.
0: Yeah, and so now, were you now the kids that you went to high school with, or your, or your brothers and sisters? Were you just the sort of outcast who who was willing to go hang with white folks? or were there other black people in the scene at this time um i was willing to run around
2: with anybody yeah. i was like that cuz you know you i grew up like that if in my school it was everybody so i didn't have any uh Problems. I had no problem. Plus, you can't say anything about when you got a white grandfather living on the next street. There's nothing much you could say about that. Well,
0: I I only ask that because, you know, uh, coming from San Diego, I I was always the only black person in every crowd that I was ever around. It was and I I couldn't understand why the other black kids from my neighborhood didn't want to. Go do things, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> it was interesting to me that. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's
2: why I was, too. I was the same way, you know, like the black kids would run around with the black kids, but I'd run around with everybody. And yes, I was one of the only ones yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, me and this other guy, he was really cute. He looked like Harry Belafonte. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we both were drunk, so. Yeah, and was yeah.
0: he was he gay? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. We was at the gay bars, you know. He would be there, but him and I were the only gay kids. Black guys in the bars at all. Mm -hmm. So
1: when did it start coming? uh, Was it the 70s when you started seeing or 80s even? uh, More people of color starting to come on the scene in the gay bars.
2: I would say after the epidemic. Mm -hmm. When the epidemic happened, there seemed to be something happened. Mm -hmm. It was more... Well, they could no longer... Well, I don't want to get into that. But uh, APLA and them were very white. And they did not help anybody that was of color. Mm. And that was dreadful. Because then we were marching. And then we started marching. And we marched against them. And we did this march for... Anyway, to give money to the Minority AIDS Project and Benetar, And so... Uh, APLA looked bad and so they instituted their program for people of color and but it was a fight it was uh, right. something to make them do that but that's when it began to blend together yeah. more yeah. that's when the community began to blend together when you together. fought for it yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah
0: so now okay so the 60s party 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 70s roll around when did things start to change for you because i know you didn't continue partying what uh, what changed for you in the 70s well,
2: uh, I stopped getting loaded mm-hmm. in the end of the 70s. I had something mirac- miraculous happen to me. I had gone deep into this thing I had <sighs> was having convulsions and handcuffs and bloodshed. It started fun. I was just fun to do this stuff. And it turned out to be not fun. Mm -hmm. It turned out to be horrible. It was like, oh, what happened? And no one wants you around. My mother and father, as good as they were, they didn't want me around. Nobody wanted to see me. I felt bad. I wound up drinking wine in Skid Row. Mm -hmm. And that was like horrible. But um, something miraculous happened. I got turned on to some people that told me the truth. Mm-hmm. They said what was wrong with me. And I listened to them and I followed what they said. And so, therefore, I got sober. Mm-hmm. And as a result of getting sober, my life opened up again. It became beautiful once again. But during that time, it was very horrible it was horrible the dregs of yeah life yes it was fun you start off fun you know oh this is fun pop your fingers stay out late at night well after a while you are just if you could make it out of the alley it was good good, you know and and you just were a disgrace a disgrace and so then when I got sober then I was able to not be a disgrace anymore and my family and I was able to provide things. I was there for my father dying. I was there for my mother. I took her all the way to out of here. And it was beautiful. Yeah. And so I have been sober for quite some time now, uh, as a result of that miracle that happened in 79. So I was able to be a present. For the '80s, yeah. I was able to be present for the '80s. And the '80s An were important time. Yes, yeah. it was pretty rough. It yeah. was pretty rough. I think we were, what well, you would call it, uh, traumatized. Yes, absolutely, we were traumatized. And so, uh, even though we're traumatized, you got to march anyway. You yeah. got to make fight. it anyway. And yeah. if it's not, you aren't uh, uh, affected. Personally, you have friends that are, and you must be on duty, and that's what we did. We yeah. were on duty, and that's what we did in L.A., and we instituted a lot of things that they copied in other parts of the country. You wow. Know, you wow.
0: Know, they, so when when you got sober, did you ever relapse, or was that the end of the road? That was it. I never relapsed again. Had I, you tried
1: to get sober before that?
2: No, I didn't even know that you could. Yeah. I didn't even know you could get sober. I had no idea. Did you
1: know that you were in the throes of addiction?
2: Yeah, yeah. I knew that. When they told me, when these people told me the truth, they said, you know, you're an alcoholic. And I, yeah, that's true. And these were
1: people in Skid Row? No, these were people
2: that were in... in the know. Got they knew, gotcha. they, they knew. I got gotcha. you. I got you. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And yeah. They, they told me and they gathered me up and they took care of me. They made sure I was
0: okay. And I was glad. What a blessing. I was so glad. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was so and good at that point in hindsight. Where, when did you actually when did you, your brain become clear? <laughs> what is, later? <laughs> 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 it takes
2: a while for your brain to become clear because you've lived in paranoia and anger and disgrace and all that. And you've got you yeah. to do some work, you have to do some work, you got to address these things that have uh, caused problems in your life. You got to look at them, you got to and you got to continue to look at them. It's not like you get over. Over it forever. Right. You gotta to continue to check yourself and see whether or not you're moving in the right direction or if you're just stuck. Mm-hmm. Every now and then you might get stuck. But, you know, you keep pushing, you keep pushing and going on. And and, it, and what better place to be than Los Angeles? Yeah, where what, it's warm. Yeah. And, and beautiful. Oh, gosh. it's well, I'm so lucky. Yeah. And I've been to other countries and other cities now, so I know how yeah. come they come here. I used to wonder, why do they come here? Uh-huh. What are these people coming out here for? That's stupid. Yeah. And then I saw <laughs> why they come yeah. out here. After you see ice and snow and stuff, you say, oh, I yeah. see, you know.
0: So, now, when 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 you when we're going to go to break, but I want to ask you, you know, you're talking about 1979 is when you you got clarity and these friends of yours uh, helped you out and told you the truth Um, in hindsight. Where was the other big benchmark before seventy nine? Where you thought, "Oh my goodness, that was that was a out. That was a way out right then." But I missed the turnoff. I mm. didn't take the opportunity then. In hindsight, where there, when did the warning signs start to come up? We're going to go to break, but mm. when did the warning signs start to come up? I'm sure before nineteen seventy nine. Mm. Mm. Well, when blood was shed. Uh oh. There you go. Blood yeah.
2: was shed, and. That wasn't so fun. Yeah. I got knocked in the eye with a pistol. Oh. I got stabbed in the lung. Bloodshed. You know, um, <clears throat> handcuffs. Oh, handcuffs. They're applied. You have handcuffs, and you're you are a nice little Christian boy sitting up in jail. Oh my and goodness! And there you are. And you. What happened? And. You Know your mother comes, she was, you know, faithful Christian people. They'd come and they'd spend money and they'd bail me out and all the time. I remember at one time I just told them, Don't bail me out yeah.
0: anymore. I just did told them, you? Yeah, I told you. How them, many don't... times have you been arrested? Several.
1: Several. <laughs> <laughs> oh!
0: do, you, do you remember the year was your, the, of your first, first arrest? I sure do <laughs> say
2: 1950. 5, oh, 56. my God. Right out of high school. <laughs> mm. Oh, my. In Beverly Hills, driving while black. Oh, my goodness. I was caught with a marijuana roach. Yeah. And I was sentenced to six months in the county jail. You six are kidding months me. Six months for a roach? And you
1: weren't, were you smoking it or was just there? Oh, yeah. I
2: was smoking weed, okay. but it just happened to be in the car. And they <clears throat> jacked the car up. I never saw the car again. They, con- you know, they, what do they call it? Impo- yeah. Impounded uh-huh. the car. And took me to jail.
0: And did you serve the whole six months? Mm, no. Oh. they Four months and 23 days because oh I gave for blood. For a roach. For a roach. Oh, my God. We've got Don Norman. Don Norman is a native uh, to Los Angeles. So many great stories. Very wise man. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Girl, I love me those great sneakers. I They're, they're just so fashionable and fun. And... On top of it, they're from Brooklyn.
1: Not only are they from Brooklyn, and they're but the thing is about them, they're really well made. They're really well made. So they look stylish. They have incredible animal prints. They have ones that are white. You know how Gucci does the side stripes, uh-huh. but these are kind of like different colors. Yeah,
0: I got those, and I got the animal print ones.
1: Yeah, the animal, the leopard ones are insane, you guys. Greats is Brooklyn's first sneaker company. They offer men's and women's styles. The Greats classic styles, made the best for less. Now the ones that I have are the royal gross gross grains. Those are the ones that we were talking about. Yeah. And those are fantastic. They have a lace-up and a Worcester slip-on. A lot of people are really into the slip-ons these days. Really? That's all the rage right now. I mean, it goes back in the day to like vans and, you know, the slip-ons. yeah. But now in fashion, like the high-end designers are all doing slip-ons where the backs collapse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can just slip your feet into them.
0: Oh, I think I have to order some of those then. Yeah, they
1: are amazing, you guys, the slip-ons. Greats are fantastic and you, our listeners, can save 15% on your first purchase with our offer code RU. That's GREATS, G-R-E-A-T-S dot com. Promo code RU and you get 15% off.
0: We've got Don Norman. He's telling stories of uh, his life here in Los Angeles. It's an interesting story. Don was born in 1935 And we've known each other for about 19 years and uh, uh, actually, yeah, 19 years. And, uh, you know, uh, I've always been intrigued by your story here in Los Angeles. I'm always intrigued by black folks native to Los Angeles. And you're telling us that your mother and father are from here. Mm-hmm. You, you said earlier that your first arrest was in 1955, 55. right out of high school. Yeah, in Beverly Hills, uh-huh. and then uh, you went on to rack up a few more charges. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> just a few. <laughs> over the years, felonies. Fel. Oh my goodness. Felonies. They called so, them felonies in so, those days. So You pulling stunts and uh, yeah. some schemes.
2: Well, they just get you. You have to move fast. <laughs> And so, you do gotta move fast yeah, baby you move fast then <laughs> so uh you know I used a lot of speed, okay. you know, and, and well, move fast. you were moving fast. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. try to stay ahead of the police, one step ahead of the police. And you learn all the games and everything you do and how you could get them. And they would say, those are marks on your arm from shooting. To-. Oh, dear. And you say, those are old marks. There was a distinction between old marks yeah. and new marks. Yeah. And you would say, they're old marks. And the police said, they're new marks. Yeah. But you could get them for old marks because they couldn't tell. Well, then they invented this flashlight with a magnifying glass on it that they could look at your arms and see whether oh. they were new. And it would look like a little volcano there. And you yeah. said, Oh, oh you dear. told them it's old Marxist. That doesn't look old Marxist. And yeah. then you go to jail for Marx. There oh, was a, dear. There was a, a charge called internal possession. Oh, where
0: you had the drugs in your in, system? In your
2: system, they had a, a charge for internal possession.
0: Oh my goodness! Now, Don. Okay, so we're 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 chronicling your story here, and I'm just wondering. Um, now, you said it. the The partying turned into more partying, and on and on. At what point did it? What was the turning point, though? Not not when you got sober, but at what point was it just not fun and games anymore? It was like I've got to get these drugs. You know. Yeah. It. You don't know.
2: You don't know. You don't know that you're going to be hooked. Yeah. You don't know. You figure they lied to you mm-hmm. because they lied and said marijuana is this thing. They had this movie called Reefer Madness. A reefer Madness, yeah. And yeah. so they showed us that, and we knew it wasn't what they were, you know, showing us. It was nothing like that. You smoked a little weed, you laughed, and you had the munchies and yeah. that. Well, they're saying this, so naturally you don't believe any other thing they say about any other drug, you know? Yeah. And you, I guess you... Just take a chance, and so I started using other drugs. Well, heroin is one that will thats help a turning to... point. Yeah. That is
0: a turning point. What? 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 What year do you was that? Did that start? God, sixties, seventies, in the seventies, and was yeah. it
1: a very plentiful drug back then? It was easy heroin? to get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was easy, cheap, yeah. cheap. It
0: cheap. still
1: is, isn't it? It's...
0: I, I don't, don't, know. Know. I don't, know, I don't but know. But what I'm hearing, though, is that the last 10 years of this, odyssey mm-hmm. was probably when you should have stopped probably 10 years before. Yeah, you... So you 69.
2: Yeah. When you saw what it did, when you saw what happened, what would happen is you would stop cold turkey, we called it, because you got arrested. Well, there you are in jail, kicking in jail. Mm. and. It's horrible. That's oh, why you why the drugs. Yeah. So, yeah. Right on the freeway. The freeway is right there. And then that's where you, you are sleeping is on the freeway. Sometimes the guys would be, take pity. Those that had done it would let you kick in the cell. They would put you under the bunk the bottom bunk and you could kick there and you kick for three days and then you were okay and everything well then you know this thing is like that but then you do it again you get out and do it again yeah you do yeah. it again and then finally it gets to the point I remember when I said I'm not shooting no more that mm-hmm. I am not shooting even when people would offer it to me or I could get it I just didn't want to do it yeah every now and then I'd do it but I didn't want to do it, but I think that was it. And then you don't realize what wine can do. You don't realize mm-hmm. that wine can really you kick up. your ass. Yeah. yeah, it can kick your ass. Mm-hmm. And you have stuff called... Uh, ripple diarrhea you know and that's horrible and mm. you're on a public transportation and there you have diarrhea right there oh my all you can do is try to tighten your ass and yeah. act like it wasn't you yeah and and tip off the bus and get back to the flop house you were staying at and
0: oh, don't just take pants it. man it's my just God, that's horrible. now listen okay don so it's been many years that you've been sober and in hindsight when you look back on those early years What was that about? Why would a human being go to those extremes? And specifically you, what was the issue with you? Was it being gay? Was it being black? What was the big issue that made you want to get lost? I am, I think my story is a little different.
2: Mm. I thought that people out in the world laughing and popping their fingers and the lights are going, they had... Dinah Washing's on the boulevard, Billy Holidays there, Chet Baker, all that was romantic to me. That just called to me. Mm. Men were there, and that called to me. Well, part of going along with that is getting high. Yeah. Getting high. And that's what I think got me. My desire to be loose and out in the streets got me. Yeah. That's what got me. Yeah. Now uh the fact that I was black and everything, it had something to do with it. Also, I was raised very strict, mm-hmm. very strict. My mother and father were extremely strict. You know, back in the days, they could hit you. Mm-hmm. You know, they could just hit you. So they would. And you were in danger of being hit well, I wanted to be grown and I didn't want to get hit anymore. So I'm going to do what I want to do. Deadly decision. Yeah. Deadly decision. They were trying to do something to do, but I'm rebelling. I was very rebellious. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think got me in trouble was that rebellious attitude that I'm going to do what I want to do and nobody's going to tell me what to do. And it it takes you to shit. Yeah. It takes you to the last thing. So... My thing now is to try to cooperate with the universe and, and, and see what I can do here to make my life here easier. And if I can help anybody else
0: good. Right, right. You know, you talk about the seduction of the, uh, the, not the jazz age, but the second jazz age of uh, the 50s jazz artists like Chet Baker and Mm. uh, Dinah Washington. So fabulous. And there is a romanticized uh, idea of of what they were doing. And it's fabulous. I was in love with Chet Baker. Oh, my God. Does it get any better? I don't think it does. Oh, God. And
2: I was sitting there right here on the boulevard. And I think it was called Jazz City. And he had the horn blowing it right in my ear. Oh, ba- oh God. You well, know,
0: I... and it didn't turn out so well for him either. No. Oh, well, I'm copying him. Yeah, and, hey, look what happened to him. Yeah. And, you, know, you know, it's just interesting. How do you find that sort of fun, that joy without putting a needle in your arm or smoking something or doing something. I've learned how to do it, but I don't think you could. It's very difficult to try to teach a young person how to do it. I guess Mm -hmm. by example, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you've been to my house and we have game nights and things like that. I don't know. I guess. Do you think you had to go through all that uh, trauma to To get get where you are?
2: Yeah. I'm kind of a believer in. Karma. Yeah. And I'm kind of a believer in we're here on this thing to learn as much as possible. And I think I learned a lot. I think I really learned a lot from that. And it also helps me because that way I can help other people mm-hmm. and I can see people going down that road and I can help them. Mm-hmm. I got nieces and nephews, that you know, uncle mm-hmm. talks to them. Clearly, I do not. You know, bite my tongue. Right. You know, it's like they would tell the girls. I tell the girls exactly what's gonna happen. I say yeah. they're gonna say you're pretty. Mm-hmm. They're gonna want to feel your leg. I said, don't let them feel your leg. Whatever mm-hmm. you do, do not let them feel your leg because they're gonna want to feel something else. Mm-hmm. So they all know this and mm-hmm. they all are aware of it. So they're told rather than somebody not telling them. You know, how yeah, but the that's girls... the
0: but the intellectual mind understands that, but the emotional mind wants to feel the leg, or wants to be told I'm pretty and will will allow certain uh, things to happen because yes. they're being fed emotionally exactly yeah you know yeah yeah so i don't know i just you know i you know i've had i i didn't i didn't shoot any drugs oh, i you know thank god, thank god. Mm. but uh, you know I was willing to try anything before... Uh, I think you
1: did, <laughs> apart from shooting stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: you know, I don't think... I think I personally had to go through a lot of that stuff to get to where I am now, and thank God I survived. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, um, it was an odyssey. It was an interesting journey uh, mm-hmm. that I guess I, I just had to do, you know? So how do you keep... You know, you're you're 80-something now. 82. How do you... Uh, which, frankly, that's amazing. Bless your heart. That's amazing. <laughs> um, how do you have fun? Um, it, it, from 79 on, you've been sober since 1979. How have you found the oh. sunlight of the spirit? Because you were
1: basically I... restarting yeah. Yeah. your life yeah. 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 and relearning.
2: Yes. Un, unmedicated. I have, I, mean. I have learned how to have fun. How? I know how to have fun now. You don't have to be loaded to have fun. You know, for example, next week I'm going to Palm Springs. We're having this gathering of gay men that are sober, uh-huh. and I'm gonna go. And this is something I love doing. Yeah. we're gonna do this thing and be in the pool laughing and everything. And then we'll have entertainment. And we do. We've had some entertainment at that thing that you all. I mean, really. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. What's 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 her name? Oh, the singer, the blind woman.
0: Oh, Dinah Dinah Shore. Shore. We've
2: had Monique. We've had Jennifer Lewis. And they have given (laughs) us show. And we laugh and, and have the best time. What's that one? Charo. Yes. Charo came and laid us out. Ooh. Those are fun. <laughs> She's and a fabulous, fabulous entertainer. Yeah, so we fabulous. learned how to have fun. We have beach parties. We do things like go to people's houses and play games. Yeah. Uh, those are what I wanted to do yeah, all the time. That's yeah. all I wanted to do all the time was have fun and yeah. see friends and that type of thing. Go home and all that. But I misunderstood what it was. I very i misunderstood yeah and i went ahead and got loaded and that was just unfortunate i well, I won't say I wish I had to learn something else because I don't. Because all of this led up to where I am now, yeah. which is extremely free yeah. and and happy. You yeah. know, I'm very free. Well, you know, this
0: country right now is experiencing another depression. We're mm. in the midst of an opioid. Am I saying it right? Opioid. Opioid. Uh, explosion. Epidemic. Epidemic. Mm. Yeah. What do you think is that? What do you think? What do you think of that? What is that about? Well, it's our country
2: is what you, you know, you hear about families that are dysfunctional. You hear about that. People go to your therapist and talk about the dysfunctional family that you came from and the dysfunctional, the country of America is dysfunctional. Yes, mm-hmm. This country is dysfunctional. It is no way that people can be functional in a dysfunctional country.
1: Being led by so the most dysfunctional people
2: human People and liars and that type of thing. So you see what's going on. The only thing I can say is that through history these things have been revealed and you could see how they could be wrong. So sometimes that dirt, that horrible thing you see leads to something better. Yes, right. Leads to something better. It happened better. To you in 1979. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the fact that our country looks like it looks now, I think don't worry. Things are going to change. They always do. Yeah. We just have to go through this mess. Hit rock bottom. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. We have to go
1: through this mess. We'll see what happens. We're going to see what happens. This is America's rock bottom right now.
0: It is. It is. It's very rock bottom-y. Well, we'll, from your lips, I hope hope things turn around now. We've got Don Norman. We're going to take a break real quick, and we'll be back with more Don Norman. I love my therapist, and I, I, you know, I... I don't think I'd be sitting in this chair if I hadn't had so many years of therapy. It has helped me guide my life trajectory in a way that I can't even, I'm so grateful. And I wish everyone out there listening could have the same experience. Yeah,
1: I agree. And I think a lot of people have shame attached to it. I don't
0: understand why.
1: Don't need to. It's actually, you would go to the doctor, you would get your vitamins, you right? get your checkup. Yeah. Talkspace is just that. And, and if there's no shame and you just basically say, no, Michelle, that's not it. I don't know where to start. Yeah. Talkspace is the place for you to do it. It's the online therapy company that's let you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is that computer with the internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. That means you can improve your mental health even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past. And we all have had those issues. If you can't imagine fitting anything else into your life, well, with Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message. Get something off of your chest whenever you need to. Talk about everyday challenges at work or at home. Even if you just need somebody who's not in your inner circle that you just want to talk to yeah. because you don't feel comfortable. Whatever the situation is, that's what Talkspace is for. And remember that therapy is not just about venting or digging into your innermost childhood trauma. You know, you can just talk about regular stuff. The Talkspace platform is over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges that we all face. You're not alone. To match with a the perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash RU, use the offer code RU to get $30 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com. Offer code RU
0: we are back with Don Norman a native Los angelino that's
1: the one that's
0: it and we're just telling stories and uh, actually getting some real good stuff here you know we t- you talked about um, finding um, sobri- so a sober life uh, fulfilling and something that you wish you had learned earlier but you know you also mm-hmm. understand that you had to go through that mm-hmm. you know when I think about the time that I use it started out really fun uh, and then the last 10, 11 years of it was not fun at all. But I look back and I realized too, that I didn't have the tools to process what I was feeling. I always had big feelings, a uh-huh. lot of emotions, yes. a lot of feelings. I didn't know what to do with them. Uh-huh. That was the closest I could get to doing something with it. And actually even being around other people because I, I, I'm kind of – uh, an introvert, so being able to smoke a little weed got me out and about with people. And so when I think about America and this opioid crisis, I mm-hmm. think is does America not know how to what to do with its feelings or how to process the feelings? I think it's so strange that today. There's no disco. I can't go right now or go some night and go out to a disco. Now, obviously, if I go out, a lot of people know me and I'm not—I'm going to be tagging. They're going to be looking at their phones. They're going to be wanting to take my picture. But I would like to go out and go to a disco. Michelle, do you know where there's a disco? You know, there
1: are. Here's the thing. Playing around the world, around the country, yeah. performing. Those discos, like we know them. Yeah. Our heyday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't exist mm-hmm. anymore, really. They have bars uh-huh. and they have. You know, places to go like that, and maybe they'll have a little dance floor. Yeah, but for the most part, they're there. They're just not what we remember them as. Uh-uh. Yeah, Some of them it's have a very have like, telling. I think it that's is. Very I went to a telling. place in DC years ago, five years ago, six years ago, where they had three floors, um, and I never stay after after my gig. Yeah, I ended up going up to the hip hop, the old school hip hop floor, and I danced. Until four you in the morning. Were you soaking wet? I danced dripping. Uh-huh. I didn't care about black tears down my yeah. face. Uh-huh. Didn't care because yeah. that was what we grew up yes. on. Yes. yes. We went to yeah. dance. Yeah, yeah, we went to do other dance, stuff, but pick but up, do you dance, know? Dance, yeah. 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 But we went yeah. to mm-hmm. dance and it's It's so hard to find. I got to tell
0: you, there is a spiritual aspect of dancing in a disco with the lights and this tribal,
1: spiritual, the Holy Spirit
0: comes in there. And I think the fact that we don't have that is very telling of what what we're missing in this world. And what we become and what we need. I think we can start a revolution through dance. I think that Part of this uh, crisis that we're going through in this country can be solved through this spiritual practice of dancing. Now, I talk about spiritual practice all the time. Do you have a spiritual—you became a Buddhist at one point.
2: Well, I still do follow the Buddhist uh, tradition. I also follow the Hindu tradition. I follow the Christian tradition because I believe that the spirit— is inclusive. Yeah. It is the whole spirit. I think that's why they call it the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the spirit is what moves. It's the vibrations of the universe. Yes. It's a power that exists in the universe. And I'm one of the people that believes you just tap into this power. If you can tap into this power, you're going to be okay. Yeah. But the idea is learning how to tap into that power. There
0: you go. How did you learn how to tap into that power?
2: Practice. 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 Yeah, I have to practice. I have to practice. I have to still keep up with it. I got to make sure that, okay, is this moving in the right direction? Yes, and I can feel it now. Mm-hmm. I can tell now. It's something intuitive. Yeah. You can begin to feel it intuitively, but you really have to practice it. And one of the best ways to do it is to help other people. Uh-oh, here you go. That is the secret That's of the this secret. thing, the is to help other people. If you don't help other people, you can forgive. Forget your spiritual practice. Yeah. You can just forget it. And that is the secret of everything. Yeah. And when you see these pastors with airplanes and churches that have all these things, and you think, well, they should. Give that money to people that are homeless and everything so you know they're not into the correct practice. They are the dysfunctional, that help keep the country dysfunctional. And so all we could do is to continue to try to help and join those people that are trying to help people. You know, you can't do that much, but technically it doesn't matter. Yeah. whatever you can do. Whatever you can do in your way. And that's kind of like it's almost like when Jesus told that lady, she was just some old lady. She had no money and everything. And so she they were collecting money and she put in two mites, they called her. She put in two mites and they all laughed at her and made mock and everything. And Jesus said, she put in more than everybody. Mm. There you go. She put in more than everybody because she put in what she had. The yeah. last she had. I thought, that's right. Yeah, Give it everything. Give it the last you have.
0: So the key to- to happiness is being of service to humankind. To human beings. Other yes. human beings. Yes. Yeah. And you can do that in any way. So many way. ways. In, yes. Yes.
2: So many ways you could do it. Yeah. yeah. And the gay community
0: needs to learn how to do that more. Now that's an interesting question, because you know, um how have the gay children changed since you became aware of the gay children? How has it changed? obviously, in the fifties, when you were going out to the club, um you know it was, it segregation. was different segregation yeah. and stuff uh-huh. do you do, what do you what do you think What are your thoughts on on the today's gay children
2: uh, I hope and pray that they uh, are learning and doing. We did learn a lot. We did learn a lot back when the uh the the terrible situation that happened in our community the lesbians stepped up. The mm. lesbians stepped up and they set an example of what to do and it wasn't about them it was about taking care of us, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. And so I saw that and they're still doing that. They are, you know, they're building more gay building. They're starting a whole new thing. And that's what I see the gay community doing, growing as a as people mm-hmm. that help other people that are not downgrading. It. I tell people, don't talk about other people. Don't talk about other people. Mm-hmm. Don't don't do that. That's not good. Don't don't gossip about people behind their back. I come from the school that if you gossip behind somebody's back, I'll go tell them what you said. I'll wait till they show up and say, <laughs> "This way, you know, she said about you, and, and Michelle. You know, she said just that." And, and standing right there and make her say something yeah. you know uh-huh, uh-huh. because it's not good and that's a bad habit in right. the gay community it's a really bad habit and i champion that idea that be careful doing stuff like that be, you could say something about somebody and turn somebody's concept of them backwards right. you know right that's not good and so i'm in that school, you know. Well, you know, than... when I
0: was coming up, I had mentors who actually guided me and showed me how to navigate this life. Because, you know, it was still uh, pretty much a crime to be gay, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so these were older uh, gay people who showed me how to do it. Mm-hmm. And and there was a language that came along with it. There was a code of ethics. And there was a celebration of beauty and art and of uh uh, laughter and music uh, yeah so that's what and you know unfortunately a lot of the kids stay you know with uh, it, there's a, a, a cult of narcissism there's there's always been narcissism yes, in yep. the gay community but uh there's another level of it that I just feel may be very dangerous for the generations coming yeah. up you know well I you know I watch you because you're one of my kids
2: yes. and I watch you and I said mm-hmm. is gracious. Rue is very gracious. I watch you do that. That sets an example. Well, I learned people.
0: that. I learned that yes. from uh, I, the people who it. came before I me. i
2: said, that. So that is how we are. You're, you're helping kids learn how to be gracious and how to act with one another. That's important. That's important. So you're setting an example. You're setting a good example with that because you don't do that spiteful thing. You don't do it. And, I, I've never been able to
0: do it. Sometimes I wish I could do it. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm so because you know, like somebody might say some smart remark to to me, ready? and then I and I think, yeah. and, and, and a day later, I think, you know what, I should have said. said. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's lucky you didn't. <laughs> I could. Well, you know, you are. Heirs. We are all heirs to the laws of the world we identify with. Uh. So it's important to uh, what you put out. The universe says, "Listen, I'll be whatever you want me to be." Um, you know, what you put out is what I'll give you back. So mm. it's important to <clears throat> be mindful. Now, we talked about spiritual practice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you, how long have you been sober? 39 years. Aww, 39 years. <laughs> haven't had a drink. No.
2: Haven't had a, a stick of marijuana. Nothing. Nada, nada, and nada. Has that
0: been difficult? Uh, have there been times when you thought, you know what? I think I'm going to. Have you come close? No. No. No.
1: Once you made up your mind, you made up your mind.
0: I made a commitment. I
2: made a commitment that I would not do that. I'll be honest with you. The obsession was lifted. Yeah. The obsession was lifted for me. I'm one of the very fortunate ones. The obsession was lifted. But I look at the streets and the dregs that I went through. Thank God it was lifted. Thank God it was lifted. And I... I surrendered too. I yeah. surrendered when I found out when those people told me the truth. I thought, "Fine. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that. Show me." And I was so afraid I'd mess up, you yeah. know, cuz I'm sure. fuck up, you know, and yeah. I thought you might man, I thought you got to do this. I remember thinking you got to do this. And so that's what I've been struggling and doing yeah. all along. So yeah, I caught on the fact that this was going to be a spiritual thing, and I'm so lucky. Back in the 60s, I went to this place called the fountain of the world it's up in box canyon up there between Uh, simi Simi valley
0: we were right up there filming last year yeah well
2: right up there we had this place and we wore robes went barefooted and we learned spiritual things yes and i was very lucky to be in that thing at that time yeah
0: my soul looks back in wonder how I got over, and here you are, a living witness. Truly, today. Yeah. So, what do you want to do? You're 82 years old. Now, listen. You, you, you.
1: Named... He wants to go to Palm Springs and have a good time. <laughs> is what he wants to do. Now, of
0: course, the the boys that you went to the bar with, um, from the neighborhood, they're probably no longer with us. They're yeah, gone. Yeah. yeah. How do you? How you reconcile that what does that live inside of your consciousness where a lot of the people who you knew are no longer with us and you're still here? how do, what walk me through that, that conversation mm-hmm. you have with yourself? well I
2: know to get old. I know about getting old because I had aunts and uncles and mother and all these people got old in front of me. So I knew you got old and I knew this way to act when you got old. And so I was ready for being old and I knew people died. I knew people. And back in the 80s, 85 of my darling babies and friends died, you know? And so I thought I have to be here. Mm-hmm. I have to be here because I gotta be here, and it's the same way I was in the the community of sobriety. Was I gotta be here because I gotta set this example for the children coming mm-hmm. in? Because I know you all were loaded. Mm-hmm. I know you are. Were there weren't a lot of black kids at all. None. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was me. And I thought I gotta stay here and be here, so that's where I feel I'm just gonna be here. But I want to smooth on in for a landing. Yes, that's the way I want to do it. Yeah, and you still have fun. Yeah, yeah. It just slows down. Yeah, you slow down, and and you don't feel like going to everything. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't want to go to everything. You figure the kids are there, they're doing their thing, and that's it. So I always, you know, I'm like try to set the example you know on Mm -hmm. how we're supposed to act and so that and it's not that hard you know anymore you know it's not that hard anymore now
0: any advice for anyone who may be uh at that point that you were in 1979 who might be listening to this who are looking for uh a a hand of some friends or something to sort of tell tell them the truth any advice for people who may be going through what you were going through. Well, turn off huh. Because <laughs> that's be, an addiction too, yeah. isn't it? That's
2: your best bet. Turn off grinder and find some people who can tell you the truth. Yeah, Find the people that can tell you the truth. And you search around, you'll find them. People will point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was back in the day. Everybody knows about mm-hmm. recovery now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like they don't. Find people that will tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily... What you want to hear. Right. The, but the truth. And have you
0: ever seen that show Intervention?
2: I have. Too uh, close to home? Uh, I got some friends that do it. They're uh-huh. actually friends of mine. Uh, also, oh, I, don't, yeah, I yeah 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 yeah. yeah. It's it's
0: it. it's a, it's touchy. It's yeah. very it's it, it's, yeah. it's almost a uh, reliving. But
1: also important from look my side who never dealt with that kind of a ah.
0: never into drugs at all.
1: Never drugs, never alcohol. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Wow. I, I I don't even know how it wow. the way that I grew up passed in front of my face every day. It, it scared me. Wow. I know, yeah. and the thought of not. Not um, being in control freaked uh, me out. So yeah, I have yeah. other issues. Food was an issue. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I have other issues, but I never, ever, even tried a dog it apart from the yeah. It's just not my thing. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. but for people who do watch that show, who like me, who've nah. it's important for that to be out there because I you see, really, oh, okay. what could happen, and yes. sometimes. It's not what you went through. It's not what Rue went through. Some people huff, where they you know yeah, do yeah. different things.
0: Uh, I have huffed. But
1: it's so. So you. Oh, You've huffed too, huh? Uh-huh. Okay. I don't think there's everything. nothing you didn't do, yeah, Don. Yeah. But it's interesting for a show to be out there. I think it's important. Well, it's what you
0: interesting. What you say when you, you said you know these people do whatever it takes to sort of That's lose themselves. Yeah, you know, I mean it's similar to what you're saying. You said you huffed. You, you, so it sounds like Don, you were doing whatever you could to get lost and yeah. not, not be, here. be yeah, there. Not yeah.
2: be here. You know, and then you have guilt you know and shame that's instilled in our community you know it's kind of like well you know being homosexual you know that ooh, ooh, you know that's well how they they used to have a definition of it and then in, in churches they would say oh you're an abomination and everything so you may not believe that but it seeps in seeps in, of course, yeah. seeps in of course. yes you know and that's where you got to get rid of that that's, that's right got to get rid of that that's stuff that seeped in well
0: it's interesting too because you know a lot of kids today don't have that same uh, judgment put on their sexuality thank god thank god but yet addiction is an all time high ah Yeah. yeah you know yeah so is it the human need to just yeah. want to be get out of this moment because you see the cell phones and everything people walking down see people yeah. driving not wanting to be in this moment yeah. right here yeah. so yeah. it's something in the human psyche to where we don't yes. want to be here yes and and how yeah. you know and then how do you make someone want to be here because you know uh, it like you said it takes practice because sometimes being here it's boring. It's uh, it's not fun. It's painful. Mm-hmm. You have to feel your feelings, and if you don't know what to do with those feelings, uh, mm. you you're in deep yeah. shit. You
1: also mentioned earlier you have to do the work, and mm-hmm. it's like a great thing to compare it to is like when somebody very big. Gets Mm. weight loss surgery, gastric bypass or whatever. And then a lot of times they gain it
0: back a couple of years later. Why?
1: Because they're not doing the mental work needed. Yes, you can take care of the physical. You can quit drugs and alcohol. But if you don't do the mental work that comes with Um. it, spiritual work that comes with it, that – kind of thing yes. could always be there, like, yeah. oh, God, you could yes. go back. Yes. So it is hard work, and I think a lot of people yeah. aren't willing, and they know they have to do that work, yeah. and they're it's not willing. Work. It's yeah. scary to yeah. them, yeah. the yeah. work ahead of them.
2: You're right. You're right. That's what I see more than anything, more than anything. I see people uh, don't want to do the work. You yes. just have, what well, could you come and do the – they don't even want to do the work. You know? Well,
0: because that also means that they'd have to deconstruct their whole belief system yes. and, and tear, look in the basement, and tear, tear <laughs> their beliefs apart. And, uh, you know, that's very scary it because is. you might find, you're going to find some stuff that you don't want to yeah. see, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you just find, you see it. And you own up to it. And then you say, okay, what can we do about this? And then we try to do. Yeah, that's interesting, though, what you said. The people are scared. They're scared to look at it. And so we try to make it look not scary. Right. We try to make it look, this is more fun than you
0: think.
1: Well, it's obvious that it works. You are a living example of that
0: it works. And thank you so much for coming here and being so gracious and honest and lovely and being a beautiful example of sobriety and what life can be if you're willing to accept it on on its own terms terms. yes Yeah. yeah Thank in Los Angeles in California, Los, California. Los Angeles California. do you still enjoy Los Angeles oh yes yeah.
2: yes I, only thing that bothers me is they keep building houses that means more people are going to come <laughs> oh yes honey
0: I more know. traffic yes, yes. Yeah. bless our hearts well thank you Don yeah, Norman think. for being on our oh, show thank you're absolutely me. lovely thank and you. thank you for being such a gift uh, to this world and being of service to this world okay all right
1: Thanks. Thanks, Michelle
0: Visage us. thank you my darling thank you baby uh, until next time yes
1: bye, bye can i get an amen
0: can i get an amen if you can't love yourself how in the hell you're gonna love somebody else can i get a an name man and don't forget to subscribe on itunes if you can't love yourself how in the hell you're gonna love somebody else amen